Welcome to today's message from Transformation Church with Pastor Jim Balzano. Amen. All right, let's look at the Word of God. Now, when you read the Gospels, we've been doing this series on it is written, but when you read the Gospels, you get the story of Jesus written by Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Um, two of those walked with Jesus. The Gospel of Mark is considered by many to be anonymous yet, but they believe that Peter was the one who interpreted it to Mark. Um, you have a historical account of those who were alive when Jesus walked the earth. They wrote what they saw and they heard, although the Gospels do not contain the whole story of Jesus. Amen? All right. The book of Acts was written by Luke. Again, it was a historical book. It was the Acts of the Apostles done through the power of the Holy Spirit. Read Paul's writings to Romans, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians, Timothy, Titus, Philemon. Many people think he wrote the book of Hebrews. These were letters written by Paul to many of the churches that he helped to found. They included principles of church government, doctrinal and theological discourses, encouragement, correction, and so on. Then you have James, and you have First and Second Peter, you have First, Second, Third John, Jude, Revelation, written by John when he was on the island of Patmos about to the seven churches of things that would come, and um, and, and they were writing what now we have as the New Testament. How many know they did not have a New Testament available to them? All right. The historical books, Gospel and Acts, give us a glimpse of Jesus in action and the birth of the church. The writings of Paul give us doctrinal, theological, and practical instruction concerning church life. All right. Now, think about this for just a moment. These men, like I said, did not have a New Testament to refer to. They did not have a Bible like you and I, although they did have the Old Testament scriptures which you will see referred to often by Jesus and even the apostles in their writings. Speaking about those Old Testament writers, what about them? What was their source of information? Moses wrote the first five books in the Bible called the Pentateuch. Then you have the historical books. You have Joshua and you have Judges and you have Ruth and you have um, the first and second Samuel, first and second Kings, first and second Chronicles that outline a history of Israel. Then you get to those other guys, prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Obadiah, Zechariah, Haggai, and on and on we could go. Where did they get the things they wrote? Well, it's simple. They wrote what they heard. They wrote what they heard. You see, today's message I want to bring you is I'm entitling it that it is written because it was heard. Okay? What we have in our possession is the, what we call the written word of God, but the written word of God came into our possession because somebody heard the spoken word of God to them. All right? Today's message is going to center on, hey, look, Reese is in the building. Everybody turn and wave to Reese. R-H-Y-S-C, right? I call him Rice. Congratulations to the Crothers on the birth of their little baby. And now that you have thoroughly interrupted my message, I'll continue, okay? <laughs> Today's message is going to center on the, our ability to hear God. Praise God that we have a Bible, and praise God we have the inspired Word of God to teach us. But my question today is, can you hear God? 
Can you hear God? Does God still speak to men? Does God still communicate directly with people? The answer is yes. The answer is he does, and he will. Can you hear him? How many want to hear God? Right? The book of Acts is the book of the actions of the Holy Spirit through men and women who heard the voice of God. They weren't going by a manuscript. Right? You see, A.W. Tozer said, it's the nature of God to speak. He wants to have fellowship with you, and he wants you to hear him all the time. And so today, I want to talk to you for a few moments about how you and I, because the whole series has been on it is written and knowing what is written in the Word of God, but I also want you to know today and understand today that you can have the ability to hear the God of heaven speaking to you in a personal way. I don't know about you, but that's exciting. All right, and so, so let's talk about that for a moment. And, and so... Jesus walked the earth for three years with his disciples. He would lead them. He would teach them. He would guide them. He would instruct them. He would rebuke them. And then he was going to expect them to carry on the work of the kingdom after he ascended to the Father. All right? And how would they know what to do? They didn't have a book to outline it. They had to rely on their ability to hear God. So let me begin with a couple of points and we'll see where we get to. Number one, I want you to understand this first and foremost, God desires to speak to you. He wants to speak to you. Now, any of you ever felt that sometimes, well, God don't really want to speak to me. Have you ever had relationships in your life where you say, man, I'd like to have a relationship with a person, but they don't want to have one with me. They don't really want to talk to me. They don't really, you know, listen to me. God wants to speak to you. If the biblical narrative shows us nothing else, it shows us a God who eagerly desires to communicate with his people. I mean, when you pick this thing up, and if you really read it from cover to cover, you find this incredible God who had this incredible desire to communicate with his people. He would talk with Adam. He would talk with them. He talked with Abraham. He talked with Isaac. He talked with Jacob. He talked with Joseph. He talked with Moses. I can keep going on. I think I will. He talked with Joshua. He talked to Samuel. He talked to prophets, Ezekiel. And he talked to Elijah and he talked to Elisha. I mean, if the Bible shows us anything, it shows us a God who wants to speak with his people. Do you think God's fickle? Do you think he doesn't want to talk to you today? History shows us a God of constant communication with his people. History shows us a people who at times would ignore a speaking God. I mean, you, know, <laughs> you can watch Israel go through the book of Judges predominantly of a people who would not listen to a speaking God. That worked well. How many times, how many times has it worked well on you when you've ignored God? How many times has it gone well for you husbands when you ignored your wife? <laughs> I heard more women laughing than men. You, some say God still doesn't speak. History does not support this. History does not support it. And, and this is what I want you to know. Not only does God desire to speak to you, God make a way, made a way to speak to you. God made a way to speak. Let's talk about this for a moment. Let me give you a scripture. Hebrews 1, verses 1 and 2. God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers, in the prophets, in many portions, and many ways. So Old Testament, he spoke to the prophets. He spoke in different ways. He spoke at burning bushes. He spoke all these different ways. In these last days, he has now spoken to us in his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also, 
through whom also I lost my place, he made the world. Now think about this for just a moment. You look in the Old Testament and God would speak to humanity in some crazy ways, right? I mean, he would speak and it would be time to be fire, wind, smoke, thunder, lightning, audible voices. How many think it'd be a lot easier if God just said, one night you're laying in bed and all of a sudden you heard the, thus saith the Lord. Sign me up after you change the sheets. <laughs> we all think it'd be cool until it scared us. <laughs> right? Dreams, visions. You, you see, but, but the writer's telling us that at that point in time, God spoke to us, but now he spoke to us through his son. And I got to thinking about that. That the life and the words and the work of Jesus was the word of God spoken to humanity, right? When you read about Jesus, you're hearing the word of God. When you read the sayings of Jesus, you're hearing the word of God. When you read the works of Jesus, you're hearing the word of God. When you see the miracles, you're hearing the word of God. When you saw Jesus being persecuted in the gospels, you heard God speaking. When you see him crucified, you heard God. When you see him buried, when you see him resurrected, you hear him. You see, when I'm looking at the Gospels and those who were walking on the earth in those days watching Jesus, it became clear to me that Jesus was the voice of God in action. Think about this. God was speaking. What was he saying? Think about what he was saying to humanity when Jesus looked at the woman caught in adultery and said to her, neither do I condemn you, go and sin no more. How many know Jesus said it, but how many know God was speaking? When Jesus looks at a leper and says, I am willing, be clean, God was saying, I am willing, be clean. And on and on you can go that you get this picture that the life of Jesus was literally God's words in action. Like I've often said to you, want to know what God thinks? Look at Jesus. You want to know how God speaks? Look at Jesus. You want to know how he acts? Look at Jesus. Don't take somebody's word for it. Pick up the Gospels and read about Jesus, and you'll get a correct picture of God. Jesus was the spoken word of God. But now here's the problem for the early church, if you will. I mean, you know, the Bible says he died on the cross, was buried, resurrected. Hmm. I mean, you know, God still made a way to speak to his people. How did he do that? In the person of the Holy Spirit. In the person of the Holy Spirit. Listen to this scripture, John chapter 14, verse 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And he will bring to you remembrance of all that I said to you. So now he's looking at his disciples. He says, I got a work for you to carry on. I've been with you for these three years. And I've taught you and I've instructed you. And now... I'm going to ask the Father. The Father's going to send another. And he's going to remind you of everything I've said. Let me show you another scripture. It's found in John 16. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. Now watch, I, I, I made some bold. For he will not speak on his own initiative. But whatever he hears, he will speak. 
So understand something, ladies and gentlemen, that God the Father said, when I take my son and my son ascends to heaven, I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's gonna live inside of you and dwell in you, and he's not gonna speak to you on his own initiative. He's only gonna speak to you what he hears from me. So God is still speaking to humanity, but the way that he does it, he made a way through the Spirit of God who lives inside of you. All right? Now, let's continue. Let me finish that scripture. He will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of mine and he will disclose it to you. All things that the Father have are mine. Therefore, I said that he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. Now, think about this. Jesus promised the Holy Spirit. He promised the Holy Spirit to come. He promised the Holy Spirit would come and would teach and would guide and would instruct. He promised that the Holy Spirit would only speak to them what the Holy Spirit heard from God. And when he spoke from God, it would glorify Jesus. How does this work? All right, I'm doing a lot of basic stuff right now. Then I'm going to give you some principles, and then we'll go home. Amen? Good. I'm glad you're not in a hurry. Because some of you weren't here last week, and you need an extra sermon, so I'm going to speak two hours today. <laughs> okay. Let me show you how it works, and then we'll get into some principles. Ephesians chapter 1, this scripture. In him, you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who's given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of his glory. Now, let me stop there for a moment. Okay, now, think about this. How many of you remember the day you got saved? Okay, good. The rest of you can get saved today. All right. That you got saved. What, what caused you to get saved? Wasn't there a message that you heard? There was a, 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 I'm not even talking, like it didn't even have to be, how many know it did not even have to be from a pulpit? How many know it could have been in the privacy of your own home? It could have been in a car. All of a sudden, God made himself real to you. Right? But somewhere you had to receive this message of salvation that comes from God. And the only way that you can receive that message is by one word, faith. Right? That you say, by faith, I accept what Christ did for me. Now, when that happens, the Bible says that we become saved. And when that happens, now the Holy Spirit of God takes residence inside of you. Okay? That you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Do you know what good news this is? And now, God communicates to you through the Holy Spirit. Now you say, but, but, but pastor, uh, God, 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 God communicated me through the word. The word. I read the Bible and God, hello. Do you everybody remember who inspired this? The Holy Spirit. Who do you think made it come real to you? Who do you think made it come alive to you? You, you say, but, but I had a vision. Who do you think gave that vision? In other words, I want you to understand something. That is, the Spirit of God is the one who is communicating with you. And how many know it's as often as you want it? How many of you have ever been around people you just let's say be quiet for a while? Don't raise your hand. We have a little Owen in our house, and I swear Owen doesn't shut up. And I'm not saying that mean. Just like, oh, it's, I'm, it's cute. Sometimes. 
until 10 hours later. And he just chatters, and he just chatters, and he just chatters, and he just chatters, and he, and he just talks, and he just talks, and he just talks. That's what Bose headphones are for. <laughs> you know, those noise-canceling headphones are great. I told you one year, you all guys are all jealous because I'm the only one that had a wife give him a gift for Christmas. That means I couldn't hear her. <laughs> Jimmy World. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is always ready to communicate with you. All right? Now, the very Spirit that dwells within you. And what is the Spirit going to do in your life? Speak. He's going to speak the very words of God to you. Why? Because God wants to speak to you. All right? He desires to speak to you. He desired to speak to men, so he sent his son Jesus. He still desires to speak to men, so he put his spirit inside of man. All right? Now, let me move on. So, so I want you to, I'm just setting some basic principles here. Let, let me... I want you to see what happened in the book of Acts. Let me just read these scriptures to you. They're not on the screen. But just let me read some of this. Then the Spirit said to Philip in Acts chapter 8, go join, go up and join this chariot. That's when the Ethiopian eunuch got saved. Acts chapter 10, God spoke the Holy Spirit, I'm sorry, God spoke to Peter through the Holy Spirit in a vision through the Spirit when he was on the Simon the Tanner's house in Joppa when God said, you go to the house of Cornelius, and you speak. In Acts chapter 11, the Holy Spirit told me to go with them without misgivings. That was Peter's testimony about it. Acts chapter 13, when the church was praying, and there were prophets in the church and apostles in the church, and they were praying, and, the, and this is what it says, and while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul to which the work which I've called them. Acts chapter 20, Paul said himself, and now behold, bound in the spirit, I'm on my way to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city saying that bonds and afflictions await me. Listen to me this morning. I want you sometime to do me a favor. I want you to pick up the book of Acts, and I want you to read the book of Acts from this perspective, that I'm reading about a group of people who had the Holy Spirit of God inside of them, that God would speak to them through that Holy Spirit, and through that, they did incredible things for God. Read that as, as people who were hearing God. When's the last time you heard him? I'm not saying when's the last time you read about him. I'm saying when's the last time you heard him? You heard the still small verse. You heard that you know that it was God. You see, the, the same Holy Spirit in the Old Testament now dwells within you. When you read the Old Testament and you read about all the works of the Holy Spirit, listen to me this morning. Let me remind you, that same Holy Spirit lives in you. The Holy Spirit who lived in the apostles lives in you. Stop reading the Bible as if they were some kind of supermen who can have something you can't have. The Spirit of God dwells in you if you're a believer or the Bible's a lie. Now we know we don't believe the Bible to be a lie. God still speaks to men directly. Now, let me do this. I'm not going to have a long sermon today. It's only going to be like, about, like 90 minutes. All right? But I want to do this. I'm, I'm trying to be very, I want to inspire, but I also want to be practical. And so what I want to do for the next few moments is I want to give you some principles 
of how to hear God. Can I do that? Good. Say, well, what else are you going to do? Don't know. All right? Although I can change on the fly if I need to. Now think about this. How can we hear God? I'm going to give you some principles. They're not, it's, listen, this is not going to be an all-inclusive list because how many of you know this morning that you could go on and on and on and all, and I don't want anybody to fall out the window and die like in Paul's case in the book of Acts. I always said, I could preach you to your death. I just don't know that I could raise you to your life. <laughs> Eutychus. All right, let's start. What are our principles? First one's on the screen. You must begin with this basic principle. God still speaks. Back up, back up, back up. The previous one. Oh, thank you. You must begin with this principle. If you don't begin with this principle, none of the others matter. If you don't begin with the principle that you believe, as a believer, that God still speaks to men directly, how in the world are you ever going to hear God? You're not going to hear someone you don't believe speaks. And you say, but he's never spoken to me. Maybe you aren't listening. Maybe you haven't put yourself in a place to listen. You must believe that God still speaks. How are you going to hear God if you don't believe he still speaks? Don't put God in a box either. Amen? Listen to me. God is the box. Like he's, he's, he can do what he wants. Amen? He can speak however he wants. Whenever he wants. Stop, okay? God still speaks to men directly. And the way that he does it is the way that he did it in the Old Testament and the way that he did it in the New Testament that we read about. He still speaks. God speaks to men through his spirit. There's a lot of people hearing God in a lot of places and a lot of different things. But let me say to you this. Truly hearing from God comes through the Holy Spirit of God. There is no other way. I would say this. I would even say all of God's speaking comes to you through the Spirit of God. You say, but, 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 there's no buts. How many know that, you say, but I had a vision. God gives visions through the Holy Spirit. Well, I had a dream. How many know God gives dreams through the Spirit of God? I, I told you, I told you the stories. I, I've had dreams that I know came from God. And I had dreams that I know came from food. <laughs> or something else. I, 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 told, I told this story the other day. I'll tell it to you again. I remember one time, I was years ago. And we had a, an elders meeting, a board meeting, and I remember, and um, and I remember having a dream the night before the board meeting, and I remember in that dream having a argument with a, a board member in that meeting. Went to the meeting the next night. Guess what happened? Got an argument with that board member. Guess who didn't handle it the right way? Why? Guess who didn't heed the dream as being from God? Now, let me say this. He was still wrong. <laughs> and to this day, he's still wrong. But I could have diffused it by handling it the proper way. And so I had to do this the next day. Then the next day, after the board meeting, I had to go to the guy's house. I had to go in and say, hey, I'm here. Man, you know what? I just came to apologize. I came to apologize for the meeting last night. Not because of what you said was right, because you're still wrong. I'm okay with that. <laughs> But I could have handled it differently. And I could have diffused it because God showed me it was going to happen in a dream. And I did not heed it. That was the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit. And I ignored the Holy Spirit. How many know you can ignore the Holy Spirit? You ever look back and found an occasion where you've ignored him? Have you ever looked back and you know, an occasion I wished I'm glad I followed him? 
All right? I told you, you know, there was, there was a dream and the week Nick, the Nick died. But then question, I know it was from God. And the only reason God gave me that dream is says, you're not going to die, you're going to live. You know what? And today, six years later, I know one thing. I ain't going to die. I'm still going to live. Why? Because my God told me so. My God told me so. I heard from heaven through the Holy Spirit. You see, God speaks to men through his spirit. If it comes from God, it comes through his spirit. It's not coming any other way. Don't ever elevate visions, dreams, and other stuff above the spirit of God. Amen? Now, here's another principle. See how fast I'm moving through these today? You'll be out of here at least by 3 o'clock. Here's what I want you to understand. You are unique. God will speak uniquely to you. I prefer to say it like this. I'm weird, and God speaks to me weird. <laughs> Think about it. The God who created you knows how to speak to you. How many of you have children, multiple children? How many of you know there's different ways that you talk to each one of them? The way they're bent, the way they're, they are? We've got three, in our, uh, three grandchildren in the house, and each one of them are uniquely different. And each one of them have a different bent, and you talk to them differently. You have the same roles in some ways, but there's ways of communicating are different, are they not? And, if you, and because they're each unique, and they're each different, and they each got passions, and each got interests, and they each have unique ways of learning, and so forth. And so you talk to them differently. Hello, God's not going to talk to you exactly the same way he's going to talk to me. The God who created you knows how to speak to you through his spirit within you. All right, now think about this. So, so, so in other words, first of all, cherish your uniqueness, right? But I want you to know this. <laughs> oh, I messed up my slides. How you doing? Yeah, I'll trade you. I gave you two of the same ones. All right, praise the Lord. It's all right, you're not going to get a, uh, you're going to get the slides. I don't have the slides. It'll be okay. Here we go. Look at me. I gave her two page ones. But listen to me. She'll follow me. It'll be all right. The Holy Spirit will speak uniquely to you. The Holy Spirit will speak to us in dreams and visions. The, the Holy Spirit will dream, he will speak to you through pastors and teachers and evangelists, apostles and prophets. How many of you know that? He will speak to you in times of prayer and fasting when Barnabas and Paul were set out. The Holy Spirit will speak to us through thoughts and impressions. You know, you know, I can tell you two occasions in my life where I know that God warned me about situations. And it wasn't that I had an audible voice from heaven. It's not that I had a dream. It was just a thought and an impression that this is going to happen. Twice that's happened. And you know when they happened? When I was in the shower. Talk about a weird place for God to talk to you. I think it's the only time, place I could be alone. I want you to think about this for just a moment. Where are the unique places and times that God speaks to you? Is there? Like, don't you, I want you to understand, don't you cherish the fact that God will speak to you differently than he speaks to George Bell? And you won't hate the word reckless. I'm just teasing. Right? But isn't it funny how the Holy Spirit works that this morning, 
I'm up here going through the same thing in my mind that Troy's going through up here. I choose not to speak. Choose, Troy's toes to speak. Same message, two different people, even in a little different way. So, so what am I saying to you? I'm saying that you're unique. And God speaks to you unique. And the God who formed you in the womb knows how to speak to you outside the womb. If he put me together and he knit me together in my mother's womb, if I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, how many know he knows how to communicate with the one who he made fearfully and wonderfully? Everybody say, I'm wonderfully made. Yeah, how many of you believe that? Right? You are fearfully and wonderfully made, knit together in your mother's womb, and the God of heaven knows how to uniquely speak to you. Number four, this is important. Develop relationship over methods. Many people want to relate, uh, uh, don't know a method of how to hear from God without building a relationship with God. How many know if you build a relationship with God, you won't need methods? I don't have a method on how to love my wife. I don't have a method. I have a relationship, right? I don't wake up in the morning and say, okay, I got to get everything just exactly right so I can talk to my wife. No, 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 no. I'm going to talk to her out of a natural relationship that I have for her, the love relationship that I have for her. Many people want a technique. They want methods. And God doesn't want you, listen to me, God does not want you dependent upon a method or a person to hear from God. I have actually told people no when they've come and wanted me to pray for them. You know why? Because they've asked me to pray about the same thing 622 times. My prayer is no more special than their prayer. God wants to hear them and God will speak to them. There are times you tell your children no. Why? Because you want them to grow up. How many ever told your children no because you said, I can't do this for you. I want you to grow up. God sometimes does that to us. Sometimes as shepherds, sometimes as pastors. We need to look at people and say, no, you need to go hear from God. You need to go pray. You need to go get alone with God. You need to have your own relationship with God. You need to be dependent on your own relationship with God, not me being your constant mediator to God. He wants you dependent upon his Holy Spirit. Remember one time years ago, Micah prayed in a service. He prayed and he made a statement about intentional moments of intimacy with God. I mean, intentional moments of intimacy with God will always bear fruit. How many know you husbands, you have designed in your life sometimes intentional moments of intimacy? I got one guy over here that understands what I'm talking about. (laughs) That you have intentionally made it possible for the kids to be gone. Whatever else you need. Because you are intentional. You say, okay. How many know you do the same thing with God? That you can be intentional about putting the distractions aside, making a situation where you can hear God speak. Develop a relationship over a method because God will always speak to you out of relationship. Don't you love that about God? Number five. See how fast I'm going? There's only 37 of these. Listen, for God's sake. I mean, you can say that in a negative way. I mean, you ever, 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 ever hear anybody say something like, would you just listen for God's sake? I'm not talking about that. 
Although I did do a little play off of it. You say, what am I talking about? Many people want God to speak to them for their sakes, not his sake. They want, they want God to speak, but they are the end, not God the end. I would suggest to you that when you read the book of Acts, you see the story of a people who were more concerned about God being the end than them being the end. I would suggest to you in the book of Acts, you will read about a group of people who were more concerned about God's sake than their own sake. You see, oftentimes we only come to him when we want to hear from him because it's all about who? Me. Oh, God, I haven't talked to you in 37 years, but I got a real problem. You might have a problem because you ain't spoke to him in 37 years. You have become crisis-based in your relationship with God. God never intended your relationship with him to be a crisis-based relationship. Where you come and you go. I'm in trouble, I come. You're not the book of Judges. We come, we go. We come, we go. God, I have a need. Here I am. None of you want children that only come to you when they want money. You want to bring some money. None of you want children. None of you want a spouse who only wants you for a need. Right? Why do we treat God that way? Where we're always the end. I think it's, that word sake, it means for the purpose of, in the interest of. In other words, what if we went to hear from God for his sake, for his interest, for his purpose? Not our purpose, not our interest. Can, can we just stop being self-centered Western Christians for a while? Woo, baby. Where it's all about me and my seven steps to happiness? God, God wants you to be happy. When it stops being all about us, and we come and say, God, what would you have me do for you today? God, I want to hear what you have for me, for you. You see, because I'm going to tell you something. I think there's times in the Bible where you can look and you see men that they hear something from God they pretty much would have soon not done. How I many know Moses did not want to go back to Egypt? But he heard, not for his sake, he heard for God's sake and for the sake of the people. How many know Paul would have sooner not been imprisoned? But he heard from God for God's sake. When you hear from God's sake, you may not always like what you hear, but if he is the purpose of your hearing, how many know you'll do what he said? But I'll make, I'll make you a promise. Say, you will be like promises. If you will make hearing about his sake, it will be good for your sake. That's kind of the cool thing about it. It's like, I'm going to make God the end of this and his purpose and his intention, and I'm going to listen for him, and yet, in the process, I know I'm going to be blessed. You can't go wrong listening when you hear God. And see, some of you aren't hearing God right now because you ain't paying a lick of attention to me. You're saying, whoa, that was bold. Yes, it was. 
I'm not perfect, but I get up here with what I believe the Holy Spirit is laying out for a body. And sometimes when I get up to speak, I know that some people have turned me off and shut me off. And you're not shutting me off. You're shutting the Holy Spirit off. And you're wondering why you walked out of here. I, went, I didn't get nothing today. It ain't my fault. I saw God work through a donkey. I know he can work through me. I'm just, I'm just being bold for a moment. When it gets to the word of God time in the service, it's not time to shut off your sensors. We turn our sensors on for the worship and it gets our emotions all stirred up and it gets our spirits stirred up and I'm all about that, I love it. But let me say to you something, the same Holy Spirit that's working during the songs is the same Holy Spirit that's working through the word when it's being preached. And so I would say this, like, boy. So I'm just gonna just make some suggestions. And this has nothing to do with me. I, I'm not fragile, trust me. But let me just give you some tips. You might wanna... Stop scrolling Facebook while the preaching is going on. Just a thought. And I'm not, listen to me, listen to me. And I will say to you, I have done it while others were preaching. <laughs> I want you to think I'm perfect up here. I know, busted your bubble. You might just want to turn that off for a little bit. You, you might just want to stop playing with the grandbabies during while guys preaching. I love grandbabies. They'll be there after the sermon. Oh, pastor, you're being so blunt today, I know. I want you to hear the word of God. I want you to hear the spirit of God. Shut off the distractions. Shut off the distractions. I would suggest if you can't do it here, you can't do it at home. Boy, boy, oh boy. Things I say when I get up here. Listen, though. Listen for his sake. Stop making it all about you. Number six, read the written to confirm the spoken. Read the written to confirm the spoken. I can promise you, God will never speak to you what is contrary to this book. I don't care what you tell me he said to you. If it is against this book, he did not say it to you. No, he did not tell you to live with that person outside of marriage. No, he didn't. Sorry. And I, I, no, he did not tell you to go gossip about that person. No, he did not tell you not to tithe. Sorry. No, there's lots of things that people tell me he told them. No, he didn't. Why? Because it's contrary to the word of God. You didn't hear from God. You heard from your flesh. When it's contrary to the word of God, you are hearing according to your flesh. How many know when you hear from the word of God, sometimes it'll sting your flesh? Have you ever had your flesh stung by the word? Where it's like, man, I know that was God. Why? Because it hurt my flesh, man. <laughs> it hurt my flesh. <laughs> okay. He may, he lives me. But he may speak contrary to someone's interpretation of the word. How many know not everybody's interpretation of the word is correct? Like there are some things that some people hold on to that just aren't biblical. We, treat them as, we teach them as biblical truth. We preach them as biblical truth. People stand on them as biblical truth. But the fact of the matter is, it's not biblical truth. I'm not even going to get on that list. I don't want to tick you off totally today. 
There's a ton of stuff that we've done out of legalism and interpreted the scripture that's not biblical. And we teach it as if it is. Sometimes what you hear from God and what you read is actually going to be contrary to somebody's interpretation of scripture. See, here's some points. Like, like I want you to hear from God. And you've got to start with the basis and the foundation. That this foundation is that God does still speak. And he desires to speak to you. He desires to speak to you. Listen to me this morning. Catch this, if nothing else. There is a God in heaven who wants to speak to his creation. He wants to speak to you. There is a God in heaven who made a way for him to speak to you. And he put his Holy Spirit inside of you. So the Holy Spirit can bring to you what he hears from the Father to speak to the children. And he'll do it in a unique way because you are unique in him. And it won't be the same as everybody else. And, you, and he does it out of you building a relationship with him. And that relationship has got to go beyond Sunday. Amen? And, and then you begin to listen, not just for your sake, but for his sake. That he's the end. And then you read the written to confirm the spoken. But then there's one last one. There's one last one. I gotta move in faith. I gotta move in faith. You think about this for just a moment. There is absolutely no way to get the benefit of what you read or hear without combining it with faith. You can pick up the word and you can read about all the promises in God's word concerning finances. And yet, if you don't operate according to them by faith, they will mean nothing in your life. You can pick up this word and you can read all the principles on marriage and not sow them. You can pick up this word. I'm just saying to you that without faith, what you hear and what you read is worthless. Because it takes faith. First of all, it takes faith to believe the gospel. Second of all, it takes faith to hear from God and put it into action. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I cannot reap the benefit of what I read in God's word without combining it with faith. I cannot, in the same way, reap what I hear. You see, because what will happen in your life is when you hear or you read and you know it's God, then something else kicks in. Fear. Fear will cause you to ignore what you hear. Anybody ever know what I'm talking about? No, okay, you're all giants of the faith. He comes to Gideon in a wine press, hiding from the enemy. God says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to get down to that wine press and I want you to defeat the Midianites who have been holding my people oppressed. He goes to battle with 300 men against numbers they couldn't even count. And God comes to him at night, the night before he attacks, and says, if you are afraid, how many know there were no ifs about it? He was afraid. Go down to the camp and I'll give you a word that'll encourage you. And he went down and he got the word. But how many know faith was going to have to kick in in order to overcome the fear that he felt? 
All right, let me, let me give you a couple stories, all right? You, you know, we, we've had some opportunities as a body to move in faith. All right, uh, give me, let me give you a couple of illustrations. 2005, you remember, many of you who were here, we did then the 11th Street Project. By the way, this year we're gonna celebrate 10 years since we launched Hope Community Church. We're gonna have a great celebration in November. All right, now, but we did that. We saw this old dilapidated church building on the corner of 11th Street and 16th Avenue. And this building was in disrepair, condemned by the city, gonna be torn down. And God spoke to my heart and said, this is the place we want you to put something for the kingdom. You gotta understand, for those of you who might not have been around, there wasn't anything salvageable except the outside walls. There was no copper left, it was stolen for drug money. Every window was broken, there was nothing. They should have torn it down. And God spoke to us and said, this is what I want you to do. We figured it out. You know, we needed $1.3 million to do that project. And you know how much money we had to do that project? None. Praise God, we're in the miracle lane. Big need, no money. And we, but, but what happened? We felt we had a word from God. And we moved in faith. We did not walk by sight. We did not succumb to fear. We walked by faith into that. And I remember one of my favorite stories, sitting in an elders meeting, getting the approval from our elders. And Harold, who's such a, been a saint in this church for how many years, says to me, Pastor, I believe the vision and I believe it, but where's the money going to come from? And I told you, I gave him that great faith-filled answer. I don't know. If I'd have known, I didn't need faith. I don't know. All I know is that God wants us to do this. And if you remember, we voted. Those who came to the meeting, it was a 100% vote. Fortunately, some of those who just like to vote no all the time didn't show up. <laughs> Why'd you vote no? Just because I want to. Okay, fine. I'm just kidding, kind of. 100%? We've never had a 100% vote, before or after. But we moved by what we heard. We heard and moved by faith. And 10 years later, there's a church in ministries that serve a community and demonstrate the love of God to people. We've done other things. You know, I'll tell you one story and I'll quit. Come on, Troy. You know, some of you have heard this story. I, I'm driving to, to Buffalo, New York. I think it was spring of 17. And I'm driving up to see Pastor Reed and do some ministry for him. And I'm driving up there. And, uh, and I had been praying months before that about the right school that was up for sale and right elementary and all that. And I had come to the conclusion, I'm not buying that building. It's too big. It's an albatross. I want nothing to do with it. Praise God. And I'm driving to New York and I'm still praying about things. And I'm listening to the radio, and I don't listen to much Christian radio, but I happened to go past this one, and I felt the Spirit of the Lord say, go back to that station. Okay, back to that station. And I'm listening to her for a few moments, not long. And all of a sudden, this guy reads the scripture out of Joshua 18. And this is what Joshua said to the people. How long are you going to take, putting, how long are you going to put off taking possession of the land your Lord is giving you? <sighs> it was like somebody went, you know, sometimes God will slap you. It was just like God slapped me. 
Of all the verses, verses I could have heard, that was it. And I knew what we were supposed to do. And I'm going to tell you something. I didn't want to do it. I'm going to tell you something. Just last week, I said to God, I don't want this burden anymore. Can I be candid with you for a moment? Because it's a burden. It's a monster. You think, you think Moses always wanted the burden of the people? There were times he didn't want it. He wanted to walk away. But, but, I, but I remember saying, okay, all right. All right. So I made a phone call to the guys on the board. So guys, we got to buy it. God's telling us to buy it. Make an offer of 100000 Then we found out there was already an offer in for 100000 and found out some other things. And called back and said, give them the asking price. Give them the asking price. God wants us to have it. We're not going to monkey around. Give them the asking price. And we moved on faith. <laughs> you know, we bought it for $140,000. You know how much money we had? None. I am so dumb. <laughs> Don't ever let me in charge of your finances. None. Okay, praise the Lord. And this is not a message about right. This is a message about faith when you hear the word of God. I said, okay. We didn't know how we were. I, I, I was really confident that we could raise $140,000. What I'm not confident is paying the electric bill every month and the heat bill every month and the water. And the water bill I pay every month. I'm still griping about $1,000 a month now and I don't even use what a house uses. Anyhow, I won't gripe about that too long. But it's amazing how God would put things together. That we had this incredible bank Dick had a relationship with that gave us the loan and paid it off them, or, and is paying it off themselves. That's a cool bank. Banks don't do that. When you go to banks, it's like going to Vegas. Okay. <laughs> and then we got down to like two weeks from closing. Needed another 25 grand. The Stucky Foundation gave that. I'm just saying that. I'm just saying to you that we have walked in faith on this one as well. We believe we heard, and I reminded God the other day, reminded God in prayer, this wasn't my idea. This was your idea. This was your idea. Your idea. And we've had to walk by faith, and we're walking by faith. You see, what's the point? The point is, ladies and gentlemen, you can read it and you can hear it, but if you don't combine it by faith, it means nothing. You want to grow your faith? Hear from God. <laughs> I'll give you one last story. I wasn't going to, I didn't know how or when to share this. I wish Randy was here, but it's okay. I'm going to share you a story about this building here. Because you need to know about my incredible God. Amen? My incredible, awesome, incredible God. So you know, we planned this building. We raised money for it. Had some from the church building down below. We sent an offering in 2017, and man, you guys went buck nuts. $147,000 raised that day. Remember that? <laughs> we had our another roof offering. And then we get, had some delays. And how many know delays, weather drove us nuts and everything. Long story short, a couple things happened. One of the things was a, a material went up 17%. 17% increase in material. How many that's 90000 on a $450,000 building? We're close to it. Some of you are out there wrong. Rounding it off. That's 90 grand. 
And then there was a couple other things that this happened, that happened. How many know if you've done construction, you know it takes longer and always costs more than you planned? So then I had a meeting in June before we get ready to start. And this is what I'm told. We need another 70 grand. I'm like, what? Huh? It's just, and then we got to figure it out. It was down to about 50. And I'm like, oh, how are we going to finish this building? How are we going to finish this building? I'm talking to Dick and Randy. So I went home. It was like a Thursday. Because, you know, in the church sometimes what you think is, well, we'll just go take an offering. So I'm home and I'm praying. Lord, Lord, what are we going to do? Lord, what are we going to do? And I know that I know that I know I heard my God. And this is what he said. He said, don't you take their victory. Don't you take another offering. Don't you take their victory. That was a day of victory. They gave $147,000. If you go back and you take an offering, you're taking their victory. Don't you take their victory. Okay. You better do something. <laughs> so then I come back on that Sunday. I remember I pulled Dick and Randy aside and I said, we're not taking an offering. Now Dick's a banker. He looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> I said, God said not to do it. So we didn't. I said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to trust God. We're going to believe God. We're going to work. How many know miracles of God are often a process, uh, well, a combination of process and power? Where you walk, you walk, you walk, and you do what He tells you to do, and then His power comes. And so I said, we're not going to, that's what we're going to do. We're going to believe God. We're going to trust God. We're going to work, and we're going to buy stuff as we go. We buy 100 sheets of drywall, pay for them, and get another 100 sheets of drywall. About 500 of them, if you want to know. 105 on the miserable drywall, firewall. Just thought I'd throw that in there. And then, and then I'll tell you some secrets that I would do. <laughs> Fridays, there's no ladies in the office. But the mail would still come, and I'd be here oftentimes. And oftentimes, it'd be checks that would come in the mail from people sending in tithes on me. I took them and hit them in my desk. <laughs> so they wouldn't get deposited in the checkbook, so I'd have money for the next order of drywall. Right, Teresa? Where Teresa? Yeah, Teresa said. She said to me one day, I handed her money. She says, you jerk. <laughs> we navigated and we walked through this and then God did the amazing things that you never know somebody came and they have no idea they were giving a tithe off of something they gave me a $20,000 check I put it in the desk drawer I wanted it when we got down to the end somebody else came and gave me a $10,000 check I put that in the desk drawer and held it why? because my God was making it happen you see, what am I saying to you? That there's going to be times in your life where you're going to hear from God and what you hear from God is not going to make a bit of sense and you've got to operate in faith only to get a testimony you would have never had any other way. And so now we don't distress over a lost victory. We celebrate a multiplied victory that God brought about. My God is incredibly cool. Isn't he awesome? And I'm just saying, why am I sharing these stories with you? Because there's times you're going to hear and you've got to uh, use faith to put it into action so that you get a testimony of this incredible God. I know that I heard from God. I knew I heard. Don't do it. Don't take the offering. My flesh wanted to take an offering. <laughs> My fear wanted to take an offering. My natural man wanted an offering. But my spirit man knew and heard from God.
Trust me. Trust me. Okay, God, let's go. Let's see where this one ends up. Let's ride the rapids again. <laughs> I told you, there's a part of me that kind of likes that. There's a part of me that hates it. It's kind of like I wish I was with Peter to feel that experience in the earthquake a little bit. Church, God speaks. He speaks. He speaks. Faith puts what you read in action. Faith puts what you hear in action. Let me close with this slide. It is written because it was heard. We have what they wrote, but do we have what we heard? Do you have, I heard from God? I've got a few moments where I can say, I know I heard from God. I've got a few moments where I know I heard from God and ignored it. <laughs> Wish I didn't have those ones. But do you have a I heard from God? It is written because it was heard. What would you write down that you heard? God wants to speak to you. God wants to speak to you. And so, Father, we come this morning. We come this morning. And we say, first of all, thank you that you're not a statue. Thank you that you're not a replica we worship somewhere. Thank you that you are living, active, God of heaven who wants to be active in our lives, who speaks to us, who has a burning desire to communicate with his people. So much so that you sent your son and then you put your Holy Spirit inside of us so that we can hear and we can move. And so Father, whet our appetite today to hear from you. Whet our appetite to build a relationship from where we hear from you. Let us keep you as the focus. And Father, most of all, what we hear and we read, may we join it with faith. And we get a revelation of this incredible, relentless, loving God. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, stand up, stand up. Let's give my God some praise as we go. Let's give him some praise. Go get into the Word today. Go get alone somewhere. Say, God, speak. Speak to me, God. I want to hear you, God. Go home and repent today of silencing Him.